Hello everyone and welcome back to Randa Perceives the Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and you're listening to the fifth episode of the show. Make sure you follow me on all my social media platforms. It's all available in the podcast description. Leave DMs, share the episode, give me feedback and let's get straight into it. I genuinely can't remember when was the last time I have sat down to record or even to script a podcast episode, which by the way, today's episode is not scripted because if I ever scripted, it would end up being a 20,000 words essay, which you are not ready for it. I am not ready for it. I cannot afford it. So um, yeah, I just have written some of the very big details, which I will elaborate as, you know, I move on from one point to the other. So as you have seen from the title, today's talk is going to be about the yearly recap of 2021. It's been a long year for all of us, not most of us, but literally for all of us. And for me this time, I just wanted this episode to sound more like a rant because it's just my objective from my content platforms. It's just to make people feel relatable and feel like they're not alone fighting life. Like it's okay to break down. It's okay to go through a certain type of feelings every now and then. So What I decided to do this time is that I will go through events that I've been through chronologically, month by month, and try to somehow reflect on their impact on my life as a person and as a professional, and just see to what extent it has shaped my personality, and what is my quote-unquote exit profile after this whole 2021 roller coaster experience. So if you are into that, Keep on listening and let's get to it. So without further ado, let's get to our talk of the day. Now, since we are slowly nearing the end of um, 2021, it's obviously December. It's Christmas season in a lot of Western countries. And it just feels warm to feel like holidays even here in Algeria we are having our winter break so it is this time to sit back relax watch tv watch anime get snuggled up have snacks feel free release all the tension of work so it kind of is heartwarming to feel like we are finally getting rid of all sorts of pressure that have accompanied us since the beginning of 2021. And I feel like we all have had very, very big and almost unrealistic expectations about how, quote-unquote, good 2021 was going to be. Because let's be real, 2020 has left us traumatized. It just felt like this very big reset button that has erased the entire database of the entire world, like we were all forced to stay at home, do nothing, cope with a germ or a virus that we didn't know its source, we didn't know how bad it could get, and we got done with 2020, and it felt like a miracle. So everyone was like, yes, please, 2021, second blooper, I guess. Be good and give us the best you can give. And spoiler alert, it's not spoiler alert at this point, but 2021, in my opinion, ended up being 10 times worse than 2020. I don't know if it's just my feeling, but it was really not it. Like, it was just too much to keep up with. It was like, getting used to a certain lifestyle that was literally unbearable, that we were forced to get used to despite the fact that it wasn't our choice and we couldn't really have a say in it. And I think this is what created a huge sense of frustration among everyone, especially young people like myself, freshly graduated, 
still trying to figure out about life and then boom there is a whole ass pandemic taking over the entire planet and nobody knows what it is nobody knows how to deal with it everyone is having opinions no one is having a solution and it's just this crazy ass clash of ideologies conceptions opinions ideas And sometimes one cannot really bear with all of this going on, especially when you are not at a very good place within yourself. So I believe that the fact that we all made it out partially safe, (laughs) I mean, not all of us, you know, like went out safe from 2020 and 2021, but at least it wasn't that bad. However, for 2021, girl, I don't know about y'all, but that shit was brutal. It was, it was not it. So yeah, that was just like a kind of an opinion about 2021 being somehow a bad year. I don't want to sound ungrateful, but it wasn't really the best thing. Like Sometimes, even now that I'm trying to um, somehow regain my ideas through making instant flashback to the previous months, I guess that the bad things that happened had a lot more influence on me than a lot of the good things that took place. Like, again, I'm very grateful for everything good that happened, but the bad things, girl, it was not cool whatsoever. (laughs) Now going slowly through our train of memories, January. Um, January was the month where I joined college to pursue a master's degree in English, civilization, and literature. Um, if I were to name few good things that happened to me was that I made really nice friends I mean, some of my classmates back in the day became friends, like we talk every now and then, we follow each other on Instagram, we laugh over memes, we laugh over jokes, we support each other, we talk about serious stuff, we help each other academically whenever we get the chance, so it's actually very, very heartwarming to feel that something which is going to this university where I used to be a student because I am officially no longer a student at uh, Setif 2 University. I dropped out of my master's degree. I'm not going to be pursuing this degree at this university at least because it has taken a toll on my mental health, you guys. That place was so bad for me like the people as I said like few people were good it was like really nice to see them talk to them and just have this very cute bond but other than that especially academically speaking it was literally a disaster like what I am used to as a former student at the ENS I kind of was conditioned to have this idea about how colleges work based on my experience at my former college. Now, when I moved on to this new one, it was just not it whatsoever. Like, it was so chaotic. There was no order. There was no collaboration. The administration were terrible. Like, they were terrible people. And... As days went by, I just lost motivation. I was like, is it really what I signed up for? And the answer was no. So by the end of January, beginning, like very beginning of February, I got called for a job. And it was something that felt like a miracle back in the day. So I haven't showed up to college ever since I got called for my job. So... I just grabbed my papers and said goodbye, I guess. I'm never coming back. You never see me again. (laughs) Because, let's be real, um, especially if you are pursuing post-graduation studies. And I know a lot of people my age are actually very intrigued by this idea of pursuing post-graduation degrees. Listen, you have already been through enough 
going through the process of getting your first college degree and it has just made you a person who is supposedly aware of what they want and what they expect so do not sign up for anything that does not live up to your standard I wish I wasn't very desperate back in the day when I took my documents and went to register in that college but if I were less desperate and more bold and more about my own development I would have never taken such a big step arbitrarily the way I did so put your mental health first mind you that it's a second degree so you're advantageous you are already aware of how colleges work so choose the best for you or for yourself and always put as i said your wellness as a top priority you don't want to end up broken you don't want to end up going through anything that you didn't expect to go through so just you know prioritize yourself like a second degree i promise it's not really going to make of you an extraordinary human being like I personally believe that growth isn't necessarily through degrees especially if you already have one the second one is an addition it's a commodity at this point it's something that you would probably show off with so as I said take it easy don't let anything take a huge toll on your mental health You don't want to spend your hardly worked on money on therapy. So you should somehow avoid causing yourself trouble. Yeah. I feel like I have infused February and January in one talk where I mentioned my master's degree adventure along with getting called for a job um, by the... I mean, amidst February, which was literally like a couple of weeks at office, I got an inspector visit. It made me feel so bad. Like, to be very honest, now that I'm thinking about it, I haven't, you know, I have received my inspector not a very long while ago, and it's practically through my second year of teaching, if we can call last year a year, where I literally only worked for four months. But very honestly, I wish I had the same energy I've had a couple of weeks ago, around nine months ago. You know what I'm saying? And I just feel like I am getting ahead of myself, coming to the conclusion that time makes everything perfect. Because like thinking about the very first visit, I didn't know what I was doing at that point. Um, when she came, I was teaching one of my least favorite classes, to say the least, and I couldn't really get the information to cross. Some learners were demanding me to use Arabic, which was quite rude, but, um, although I do use it, but I feel like I use it when I want to, not when I am told to, you know what I mean? Because... Pedagogically speaking, you are not allowed to, but if you are working with what I like to call challenging classes, it's almost impossible to get the information to cross. So that was a very long um, bracket back to the initial point. <laughs> um, like last year's February was seriously difficult and mentally draining by the end we had to design exams and we had to give evaluation marks and everything and I kind of seriously struggled with imposing myself as a teacher at my workplace especially among my learners like I have had some pupils who were literally straight up the worst people I have ever come across so far in my career like it's always those who are not interested in learning who are not interested in you know building up an intellectual persona 
who are there to ruin the class and I was just like at some point I asked like one of um I asked the substitute teacher like this is I feel like I'm giving top secret information but I don't know how she thought it was okay to tell me hey if you want to I can come and talk to them and I was like do you think I am that invisible and that passive to have like someone else come defend me if that makes sense and it hurt my pride so bad like I was like no you don't have to I will figure things out by myself and I remember at this point it was like a turning point when I heard her words like that I was like am I really that bad and I really spent days crying myself to sleep thinking of how impossible to a certain extent it was to manage some of my learners but I remember it was post exams area area I was gonna say area what the hell was that (laughs) what am I thinking about so it was as I said post exams period so with the corrections and all I have had enough time to somehow review my actions and the way I approached teaching and I was like hey what you have learned as a student does not and will not apply to the people in this workplace so you have to go the hard way so as I would love to use this expression I started rolling my pen on paper Whenever I have had some inconvenience, I would call the administration, I would write a poor behavior report and ask the student out and just, you know, act bold. And even if sometimes it looks funny with some teachers, I'm not gonna lie, but fake it till you make it. Although I don't fake being bold, like I actually am very serious and very hard to approach but I'm that goofy ball if you are nice enough you know what I mean like I really don't pretend to be this hard to attain person like I am very very close to my learners but at that time it was almost impossible so using this same opportunity to just give a small piece of advice to my hubes to the new teachers out there take your time exploring your environment and just be ready to face challenges especially if you are new to the school new to the domain people will underestimate you like they will underestimate you so just believe that the challenge is there and you gotta live up to the challenge otherwise you practically will not survive because sad to tell you it feels like a jungle every now and then where you have to be among the lions and not among the sheep so this is just a small bracket as far as the ups and downs of teaching And yeah, if I were to, you know, summarize the whole experience of teaching moving on throughout the months, I would also name one of the experiences I have gone through as a teacher in the month of June, which was back supervisions. Now, if I ever get asked what is the worst experience I've ever gone through as a teacher and as a person, I would say it's the baccalaureate exam supervisions which I will go through in a whole separate section. Now speaking about the baccalaureate exam supervisions, I remember I was seated with my colleague talking about the baccalaureate exam. We were like, hey, we didn't receive any notifications, so I guess we won't be working. Yay, it's rest time. And at that very moment, one of the staffs came and he was like, yo, like, come upstairs to sign your 
papers because you are going to be supervising the baccalaureate exam and we were like oh 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 and we were sent to this school where um there was this very particular type of candidates if you are algerian you know um all the stereotypes surrounding uh, les candidats libres and usually they're like old rude very dangerous and challenging and i have had the very very big share of the adventures with such kind of candidates um i remember day one problem free day two i was given a day off day three um i have technically supervised this group of candidates where two of them were literally having a feast at the back of the classroom doing activities together and i just sat there like a freaking devil i was like if you are passing a single word i am just going to excuse myself off this room and let y'all do whatever And the funny thing is that the teachers who were working there with me didn't show any sign of responsibility, any sign of authority. And they were like, yeah, do whatever you want. I don't know if this is legal or not, but I know that everyone knows such things happen. And it's just they avoid to speak about them. But I have personally witnessed one of the teachers write answers on the back of her hand and spread them across candidates. And I remember myself feeling so empowered to yell in the class and be like, what's going on right here? And so she was like, yeah, fine, nothing. And she excused herself out of the class, I mean, out of the examination room. And I was looked at by all candidates as the villain, which I don't know, but I am the villain in every narrative that isn't mine. It's so funny. It's so, so funny, but I am the villain, I guess. So what happened was that the next day I have been excused out because there were enough teachers to supervise and at the afternoon I mm, if I'm recalling correctly we had something related to learning by heart and stuff and I was assigned to do this um, communication thingy where I just sit outside and I remember being burnt by the sun and I kept moving my table I mean I moved it under like downstairs just to avoid heat and it was almost impossible and it was like seriously and extremely inconsiderate from the administration of that center not to provide some respectful setting for teachers because the conditions we worked at that day were literally impossible And they were so humiliating that now remembering how my felt how my face was literally melting, I feel like crying because I mean, I know for sure that I didn't deserve that, and I don't, and a lot of people do not deserve that. Next day, if I'm recalling correctly, uh they had physics. I went to this class. The head of the center was like, do not allow anyone outside. So there was this one candidate who was like, oh, can I go out? And I was like, no, you can't. And he was like screaming. And I was very calm. And I remember wearing those very sleek pants that made my legs look so long. And it just gave me a crazy confidence. So I just sat there on the chair, crossed my legs and pretended like he was muted. And he was so irked that I didn't react to his attempts to getting me to like yell at him back or something. But I was just so freaking calm. Like I've never been that calm in my life. 
I was having almost like an anxiety attack. Like I was literally breathing very heavily, but my face was covered and um, I guess it wasn't visible. I was just looking so composed, <sighs> which as I told y'all, fake it till you make it. Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. You are working and you can't let a freaking dumb ass ignorant provoke you into saying something unprofessional because guess what you would be punished he wouldn't be punished how unfair is that but yeah i believe that's how things go the last day was also pretty dramatic um i have had this class where i was appointed um chief supervisor and there was this one teacher who was just having fun chatting outside and he technically went out of the school without signing one of the papers. And I was literally running in the corridors trying to catch his ass back to sign that paper for me. And I remember when I went downstairs to this um, paper deposit office, I gave them the papers they counted them. I signed. I remember heading out. I was like, thank you and goodbye. And in my heart, I was like, I wish to never see y'all again because the amount of stress I've been through, I wasn't sleeping well. I wasn't eating well. By the way, the quality of the food provided in that center was extremely bad. For some reason, food was very salty, it lacked fiber, it was cold, the drinks were so hot, we were in the middle of the summer, the conditions were overall terrible, and as I told you, it was humiliating to feel like you are obliged to do it. And like, I mean, the legal toll of it is big, but the money side of it is just so not worth it. I don't know if it's me who has to complain about the money side, but I feel like those extracurricular activities has to be, or your yeah, extracurricular activities have <laughs> to be reviewed by authorities because first of all those folks are dangerous like they're rude they're like they lack manners and you literally mobilize thousands of people to quote-unquote ensure good examination conditions when guess what some of these folks end up being the problem inside the examination rooms and you give me like a couple of coins for that terrible food and I pay for everything technically, like the transportation. I enjoy the heat, the terrible conditions. That's just so disappointing. But um, yeah, another piece of advice regarding baccalaureate supervisions. Be bold, y'all. And, you know, know your rights, know your duties, read legislations. And, you know, you got to be knowledgeable about law if you want to survive but um, I guess it's the case for every domain in life. You know, like you got to be seriously knowledgeable about law if you want to move on with things smoothly without, you know, being the stupid one in the game. So yeah, fake it till you make it, be bold and don't let it have a mental toll on you. Like, listen, I know it's easier said than done because I have been through a lot and I'm still not recovered. Like to that day, I want to avoid being called again instead of like having this mentality of, oh, I want to actually go back and do the things I wish I did last year. This time I'm like, no, please spare me the pain. I don't want to be there whatsoever. So I feel like it's a little bit difficult, but... I feel like if you get to hear some of people's experiences, you will end up having this prior knowledge where you would absolutely reflect upon yourself and decide which things to keep, which things to ditch, and how to behave 
following your own personality and just, you know, respecting the norms of what a national exam should be like, regardless of the external conditions that are often unwanted and that can somehow distort the course of events. So yeah, it was a very long talk, but that's somehow a summary of, I think, a major part of 2021. Because guess what? The next chapter is what I consider the changing slash climax of the year slash extraordinary event covid let's go covid miss corona the big ass star of the year she is my star of the year because the way miss rona had an impact on my life is crazy and my story with corona started after we signed our exit papers from school, like in Algeria, it's usually July 4th or July 8th. This year it was July 8th, so we signed our papers, we went out, we hang out, we went to the park, me and my colleagues, we played games and took pictures and had fun, and then we went back home. One week later, I got an appointment to get my first COVID jab, COVID vaccine, I mean. So I went to this vaccination center, I filmed a TikTok, and it was all lovey and dandy, and I was this very wise, responsible citizen. Hey, go get your vaccine, folks. Little did I know, spoiler alert, I was asymptomatic, and I had COVID. So after the first injection, I remember I got injected in like... um. I think it was four in the afternoon. The doctor was like, go back home and don't get exposed to the sun. Take a paracetamol pill. Put three dots after that and three lines under that. And just relax. Don't shower in two days. Sounded gross. But you know, like the, you know, like the injection area would be itchy. And it would hurt, so hot water was not a good thing to do. So technically, I went back home. And 12 hours later, literally 4 o'clock in the morning, I wake up having the craziest fever I have ever had my entire life. I was like, what's going on? Like, is it a vaccine reaction? And they were like, yeah, it's logical. I mean, you can't have fever not a 38 degrees fever. Me being so stupid, I took aspergic. I didn't take paracetamol for some reason. I hate myself for doing that. The fever calmed down, I think, after two days. Literally, like, I, I'm remembering it and I just literally, like, have shivers of how bad I felt. Like, I couldn't eat. I couldn't even move. It was so scary. And a couple of days later, it was as if nothing happened. I went outside and I was having difficulty breathing. So whenever my heart beats fast and I breathe, I feel like there is this iron stick thingy in my nose that was piercing so bad. And I thought, oh what is it? I don't know. It can be COVID. <gasps> I hate myself. And then it was around Eid al-Adha time. So I technically have had another fever on Arafah day. That fever was so bad. Like I was thrown the whole day and I decided to fast Although I've had 37.5 degrees fever. I am so stupid. Like I literally hate myself for putting my body through all of this. Thinking I was not contaminated. Like I just cannot make sense with myself right now. So 
I kept my mask on and I'm very glad I did because we were surrounded by a lot of people and um, I went to shower and the water just felt extremely cold although it was like burning hot and it was just because of fever I remember I couldn't do my hair I couldn't even put my clothes back on like I was in pain like my muscles were in pain and I couldn't understand and all that kept happening in my brain was like oh it's because of the vaccine it's just the vaccine and there's nothing wrong with me day one of Eid goes by I am fine like I literally did the housework I helped with everything and then I went back home and I ate and it was all fine day two of Eid I put my makeup on, I put on a dress and some high heels and I went outside to congratulate people and celebrate Eid with them. What the hell? That very same day, I remember we came back home from my grandparents. It was around 8 in the afternoon, I mean 8 in the evening. I was eating melons and suddenly one piece of melon had taste the other one did not have any other taste. Like, it tasted like some wet sponge in my mouth. And I was like, uh-oh, like, what the hell is going on? Like, seriously, what the hell is going on? And that very night, I have had a third episode of fever. And it was so far the craziest one. Because I remember I was shivering. Like, I pulled that tiger blanket in the middle of July like help by that time we are July 21st July 22nd third day after the Eid I wake up I smell nothing I taste nothing Um, my mom went out and it was just me and my sister at home so I contacted a friend of mine. I was like, hey, I actually cannot smell anything. And they were like, oh, it's COVID. And I was like, no, it's impossible. It cannot be COVID. He was like, go get tested. Like, that's the only way you can figure out. So I grabbed my wallet. I put on my clothes. And I went to the closest testing location like I went to the closest laboratory I was talking to another friend of mine like hey where can I get a COVID test and they were like oh this lab is closed the other ones are on hiatus the other ones stopped like taking appointments there was this one chance which was one lab that was very close to our home so I literally like put on my clothes it was four in the morning like at five usually these places stop work so I was like hey I want to get like a COVID test. She was like, yeah, fine. What's your name? Da, 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 da. And she was like, it can get ready in like 10 minutes. But actually like the faster it showed up, it shows up like the more chances of you testing positive it is. So she came back and she was like positive. And I was like, what the fuck? Like my brain could not process the fact that I tested positive. That same day, my sister had crazy fever. So I went back, she woke up from her nap, 38.7 degrees fever. I was like, girl, I think you should go get tested because COVID check, I've got like a positive result. So maybe you are COVIDed. And she was like, yay. She went out, she put on like her clothes randomly. She got tested and I kid you not, getting that thing inside your nostril feels so bad. She got a positive test too. Yay. So we quarantined together. And the next day, we were supposed to go to the doctor. My mom tests that very morning. She was completely fine. Very asymptomatic. She tested positive. So it felt like my life broke at one moment. And I didn't know what was going on. And I suddenly started thinking about all the people I've been with throughout the past week, which now thinking about it, I'm so grateful to God that none of them got infected and that we caused 
harm to no one. We have quarantined, we have respected the regulations of, you know, self-treatment, we took our medication from home, um, we thankfully didn't get through any difficulties of breathing, although, like, my sister has had, like, the darkest experience, she has been put under oxygen once, and she has had troubles breathing the most out of all of us and it was just heartbreaking to see you know like the youngest one at home the mood maker the bubble of joy led in bed immobile and sick so even like now thinking about the medication like you get given like those crazy amounts of injections those crazy pills like thinking about it I have been injected 10 times in the span of 10 days, took 40 pills or more in the span of 10 days, let alone having my blood tested around four times in the span of 10 days. Like the doctor at the laboratory was like, can you like switch arms because that one didn't recover yet? (laughs) Like we literally had to test our blood once every four days like I think twice every four days yeah I mean it was crazy and it was draining and it was difficult to like go through all of that and you know thinking about myself personally I've been very cautious with COVID since the very beginning and the fact that we caught the virus when we thought we were safe and vaccinated It was the most frustrating thing. And that's why I told you it was a breaking point. It was extremely draining to like think about all the possibilities and all the scenarios and like trying to study everything amidst being sick, like help. It was a very dark era, but I think we made it out safe. Our doctor was like, yeah, I'm so proud of you. Like, you're one of, I mean, you're some of the few patients that actually respect what I say and take it word by word. And like, look at you, you're fine, you're evolving. And we were like, thank you, I guess. But I feel like watching everyone nowadays act as if the virus does not exist, it's just scary. Because speaking of myself, like I've got vaccinated, I caught COVID, I took COVID medications, I got rid of COVID, and I took a second jab. Technically, I am to a certain extent safe, but the fact that some people behave in this mentality of, I don't want to take the vaccine, and I don't want to put a mask on, and I don't care about COVID. Like, help, hello, like, you deserve to be in jail, sis, like help to be honest I'm not like the best with the mask but as far as I am in a closed area I put it on like when I go out especially when there are like where there are like a lot of people at the mall at like a shopping center in the street I put my mask on when I'm going to work at 7 in the morning like the street is practically empty and it tends to be really cold so my mask gets wet so I lower it But inside the bus, girl, I have to put it on. Inside the classroom, our classrooms are pretty spacious. And I avoid going near students. Like, I stick to my stage. So I take it off because it's literally just impossible to deliver a lesson with your mask on. But, um, yeah, I mean, as long as law isn't respected, you can't really impose it when you are not the one in charge. Listen, this episode is very shady, okay? But yeah, I guess that summarizes my COVID experience, which had a crazy toll on my mental health. Like, especially the medication part. Like, God forbid. I don't know if you have been through COVID or not, but if you have been, you know what I'm talking about. You know the crazy amount of pills you have to take. Like, it's almost around, like, 8 to 10 per day. 
because some of them you take them to stop certain symptoms such as fever or like nausea or something. Other than that, there are some other things that you gotta take every single day. Like I remember we used to finish one box of pills every two days. So we were prescribed five, those arm injections, which personally I ended up injecting them in my belly to avoid having this crazy pain. Like those injections felt like bullets. They were crazily painful. Like it was 0.4 milliliters, but it felt like a fucking string being pushed through your flesh. (gasps) Help, Lord. Oh my God. Like help, help, help. It was not the coolest thing to go through but yeah like um I feel like with COVID it just gave me this very opportunity of thinking about life from a perspective that you have plans and God has plans and that everything can just crumble down and fall and end up And you wouldn't have a say in it. Like, it was crazy how hard the COVID experience showed me that life can start and end at any moment. And funny thing is that we don't have control over anything. So all it takes is to go slowly, bit by bit, be yourself, I guess, and just let things take place the way they are supposed to be. And... um, I believe that I have learned this lesson the hardest way. It was a painful experience, both mentally and physically. But nowadays, I don't really question a lot of things. And I just take a lot of things easily. And I try to understand things from various perspectives and various points of view. Because I now know that I will never be able to know what is like the true motive behind things happening so it just has taught me to show gratitude and to live day by day and just call life a journey that I'm not the captain of but I am in a certain way but I don't have the full liberty so I don't blame everything on myself so yeah that kind of wraps up a very long segment god but um Yeah, I hope you have a snack while listening to this (laughs) because this is very long and very, very detailed. That's why I told you guys that it feels like a rent more than a written thingy. So by this chance, thank you to the ones who voted for podcast on the poll. Yay! Next! This next segment has actually an indirect slash direct slash reflection of my COVID infection, the Shenzhen Rhyme Girl. Um, <laughs> um, what I want to speak about in this segment is my relationship with food. Because for the longest time now, especially after last April, I started receiving a lot of DMs from people who personally know me telling me, oh, are you still on a diet or you dropped your diet? Like you're putting on weight, like your cheeks are fuller, your legs are fuller. And I'm like, I'm aware, especially coming from people who just watch the outside and judge you from your looks and are actually aware of your body more than you are, which is very ironic. But it was just funny how people watch you and feel like they can give opinions about your body. But um, yeah, if I am to give a very like, a, like a sharp answer, I wouldn't say I gave up on my diet. I would just say I am not as strict and invested as I used to be because as a person who has for the longest time suffered from body dysmorphia from body image from bullying and from you know self-loathing because of appearance I guess that it is very complicated 
to elaborate on talking about my body in public, but I have grown to take this as an opportunity to just express ideas generally. Like, I take this topic as less of a personal thing, but more of a social problem, because I am, for sure, not the only one who struggles with their body image. I am definitely not the only one rethinking life after eating that one sandwich or after drinking that one Coke can. But I definitely understand that my motives and other people's motives are different in content, but similar in shape. I believe that a lot of people have their own reasons as to why they form certain ideas about their bodies and the way they look. So in my case, as I said, I wouldn't say I dropped it, but I'm less invested because thinking about it, I didn't want myself to be this type of person who was all about the way they look. And to a certain extent, I felt like because people were coming to me for advice when I am not a professional, when I'm not a coach, when I'm not a lifestyle influencer, when I'm just a mere human being, I started feeling like I was setting this standard that was unattainable to a lot of people. Because let's be real, commitment is difficult and a lot of people cannot commit. So if you act like the social media persona who is very happy with like 100 grams of rice and one slice of bread and make it sound like everyone has to do the same, it's going to put a lot of pressure on other people and it's going to create bad more than good. And that's what I started feeling as a person, especially when I was feeling low, I went back to food. And that's the thing I used to do earlier. And when I was like at 170 pounds, I always went back to food. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, what the hell? Like, if I promote this mentality on social media, I'm going to be looked upon as the bad person. And if I promote the healthy, I'm happy, yada, yada, yada lifestyle, I'm going to be perceived as this person who is setting this crazy boundary. So I decided to go easy on myself and just take things the way they are and not force anything on myself. Thinking about it, like I have been through six months or seven months of quarantine in which I had to finish a training report, a training journal, and a graduation dissertation, which was characterized by a lot of inconveniences, which I don't want to elaborate on because this is not the topic. And after that, I went through four months of crazy mild depression and then I got extremely overwhelmed by the beginning of 2021 until June I guess nothing changed I was still in that bad mental space July I caught COVID August I was in that grief period of COVID and then counting on the month I was like does actually my body deserve to quote-unquote look good when my brain is going through all of this. Like, I couldn't even wrap my head around the fact that I was mentally suffering and psychologically struggling and adding to that thinking whether my pants are too tight or my stomach is a little bit bloated or my boobs are bigger or like my arms are bigger or my double chin is showing more and I don't have this caught in my side profile it was just too much to think about all of this at once so I was like I want to let my body relax if I grow a size bigger it's fine as long as I'm happy if I am craving a burger I would eat that damn burger if I want to eat nothing that night and just drink a warm mint tea I would drink the damn tea and I would sleep and I would be happy. 
If I get pimples because of too much sugar, fine. I'll use the anti-acne cream and still get the sugar my body is asking for. Because I almost lost someone to COVID. It was very close. My own mother caught COVID and she was truly asymptomatic, but at a certain point, she was getting really tired. And I was having like all these scenarios in my head. And then I was talking to myself, like, what if I don't wake up the next day? And a lot of things came back running, like my family, my work, my social life, my mental health. And I was like, does all of this relate in any way, shape or form? to my body shape? And the answer was no. Was I getting validated for having a new body shape? Yes, I was. So I was just going through this sequence of ideas where I understood that if I don't live up to my own standards, no one would actually live up to them or give me somehow credit for trying to live up for their standard because people love their image about you and not necessarily who you truly are. Because if you go and ask anyone, what do you like about me? They would name specific things and they would never be wholesome and they would never feel like you. So... I think it was a very big invitation on a very vague series of daily reflection on how mental health is a lot actually more important than physical health. Like physical health is important, but if your brain isn't in the right space, your body will not respond to anything. You will not enjoy anything. This is not an open invitation to go ham on unhealthiness or like binge eating or or anything. But I just want you to unmute your body and listen to it and give it what it deserves. And a burger a week won't kill you. A pizza a week won't kill you. If you want to do something, do it. If you don't feel like working out and you feel like laying down and watching a movie, watch the movie. You don't know what might happen. You don't know when life is ending. So give yourself a chance to detach from how harsh life has been, especially in those last couple of years. Take it easy on yourself. And um, yeah, I guess I was very serious and very emerged in this talk, but it hits so hard because... I remember myself being treated very differently. This person, I mean, there is this motorcycle that crossed the way. This is a fun story, okay? Back in the day when I used to record my podcast episodes, it was always past 10 p.m. Because I know that no one would be in the street. But now that there is no lockdown, get ready to hear those inconveniences. Anyways, uh, that was long. Um... But yeah, what I wanted to say is just give yourself time to speak up. I mean, your body doesn't say words, but inside you can feel what your body says. So just listen. That's what I'm asking from you. Listen to your lovely body. Finally, what I want to say is that 2021 wasn't necessarily a very, very, very bad year and it wasn't also exceptionally good. I don't know if you can hear those background sounds, but it's one of those, I assume, blue cars with those very annoying turbos. So I'm sorry for the inconvenience. This didn't used to happen back in the day when we had the lockdown, but now that we have no lockdown, those people are enjoying this freedom that is distorting the quality of my audio. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Uh, Last point that I want to tackle is 
an overall evaluation, as I said, 2021 wasn't necessarily good, wasn't necessarily bad. It was constructive. I feel like it has molded all of us into this new spectrum of perception, into this new way of viewing things, into this new ideology where we put a lot of things into consideration before we act upon anything. So what I would love to vehicle throughout this whole episode is that bad experiences matter. They shape our personality. They make us who we are. So instead of actually contemplating a lot on our actions and decisions, we should study this third party or this third option of how such events can help us evolve. And this leads me to 2022 coming up in a couple or three weeks. Listen, 2022 is the year of the tiger if you are into Chinese calendars. And I am a 1998 kid. I am a year of the tiger kid. Can you believe? Like, I will be 24 next year and it's year of the tiger. And for some reason, you guys, I feel like it's going to be my year. I don't know. I hope. Inshallah. I'm not saying anything like knock on the wood. But I genuinely hope that 2022 would seriously be a better year for all of us. And as you all know, I don't know if it's the case for all of you or not, but by the beginning of every year, we tend to make yearly resolutions prior to the beginning of the year. So it's like around December 20th, you're seated, you have your lo-fi girl playlist and you're writing your yearly resolutions and you're just like blurring out a whole year into 10 or 15 sentences of affirmative aspirations. Like, I want to do this and I'm going to get this done and this and this and this and I will do this and I will do that and I will... Listen, yearly resolutions are practically a reflection of who you envision yourself to be. And sometimes they can be very, very unrealistic and unattainable, which will most of the time have this very negative impact on you, where instead of questioning the quality of your resolutions, you would question the quality of your actions and end up feeling like you were not good enough to live up to your own standards of yourself and you are a failure. Whereas, no, you are not a failure. You just don't know how to write good yearly resolutions. So we have in pedagogy something called SMART objectives. And resolutions are technically just the objectives you want to accomplish within a year. And by SMART, we mean specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timed. So the time frame is one year. Are they measurable? You make them measurable. Are they attainable? You think about it. Are they specific? You make them specific. And are they realistic? That's the big thing. So try always to make your objectives or resolutions, let's say, realistic. Make or write some things that you can actually do, that you can actually accomplish. And they don't have to be big. Like you cannot buy a car in the span of a year. It would maybe take three years. So you might say, I might save one fourth of a car price, for example. And you might actually end up doing that because you are limiting the thing into this very specific attainable objective that you, as I said, might accomplish. In terms of personal development, work on one thing at a time. 
if you want to develop your photography skills, for example, say, I will take better portrait pictures. Not, I will develop my photography skills. That's too much, in my opinion. So this is just like few examples on how to write, in my opinion, again, um, yearly resolutions. Like, yearly resolutions will absolutely shape your vision of the year and your vision of your own self and potential because if you write something it means you believe you can accomplish it and if you don't accomplish it that would be problematic so let your yearly resolutions be your time to appreciate yourself instead of making them sound like this very you know pressuresome time for yourself when you look at your list and you're like, I can't even like fathom how I wrote this. Like I can't even accomplish half of this by December, like let alone do everything. So give yourself time and take it easy upon yourself. You are already doing so much. So relax. It's okay to tilt back. Have a time where you just watch and be the third omniscient of the story and let things go on smoothly and you just reflect and plan for the future at a very slow and calm pace. Whew, that was a very long ride, my dear listeners. We have went from teaching up and downs, master's degree, covid food body relationship oh girl that was that was a deep talk <laughs> that was a very deep talk um but yeah i feel like i've gotten a lot of things off my chest Whew, deep breaths um yeah as an outro i guess thank you for listening um tell me again through um dms or through instagram and facebook what you think of today's episode feel free to sound off about the quality of the audio the quality of the content what do you want to see in the future i will try to be more consistent okay i don't want to give y'all empty promises but i will genuinely try to do my best um i don't know it's even through posts or not very long articles or not very long podcasts I would just like pop off every now and then to remind you that I'm alive (laughs) so yeah I guess thank you for making it till the end thank you for listening to our fifth episode of Rhonda perceives the podcast I can't believe we are one years old woohoo um we celebrated this i think last november which is like wow that's crazy like the podcast is one years old and the blog will be four years old next february so i think i'm growing as a content creator Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i will i just enjoy being around you guys and just giving you content and like just giving y'all my ideas and just sounding without any feelings of being restricted or any feelings of being judged it feels like a safe place for me to think out loud so thank you for sticking around all this time and yeah thank you for listening see you in the next one stay safe follow me on my socials leave me feedback and goodbye love you